0: Welcome back to the Thunder Buddies Podcast. I'm your host,
1: Michael Martin, and I'm joined by my Thunder Buddy, Joe Masado. Joe, what's going on? Not much, Michael. We've got the draft behind us. We have Summer League coming up uh, in about a week, I guess. So uh, Utah Summer League. So uh, a fun part of the a fun part of the year of the off season before things down die die down a little bit in August and then uh, we ramp back up. So I'm doing I'm doing great.
0: I know that you've got all your spots in Salt Lake City, so I'm sure you're really excited from All-Star Weekend to uh, the various trips you've made up there just in um, divisional
1: play. I've spent many a night in Salt Lake City. Um, I've got some spots. I can't remember the names of them or else I'd share. Um, But yeah, shout out Salt Lake. I've missed you. I'm heading home. (laughs) <laughs> the entire
0: city shouting out the entire city, but uh, yeah, um, a lot of rookies are making their way into new cities. Um, the Thunder had their rookie introductory press conference that we both attended last week are on Saturday. Um, just wanted to get your first impressions of um, the guys who were brought in.
1: Yeah, so it's been a whirlwind for those guys. I mean, I talked to them after the draft on Thursday and then they fly to Oklahoma City on Friday. They're introduced on Saturday. So Saw them hold up their new jerseys. Uh, 18 for Keontae Johnson and 22 for Kason Wallace. Did you hear that pronunciation? I hope you did. I think I, I got did. It. Um, can we just start there? Yeah, um, I have that here. Quezon <laughs> K- Wallace is is how I think it is pronounced. Now, now you give it a go.
0: Quezon. I was we're, we're there. We yeah. got it. Yeah. Not Kason, Not caseon. Not cason.
1: Not Kassan, which I thought it was Kassan. Kassan is what Sam said yeah. Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And then we had heard only Kason. Turns out both of those are wrong. But Sam was kind of on the right track with Kassan because it was like, OK, I know it's not Kaysen, um, but it's, it's Kason. We, we both got
0: it half right. He got the san part right. We got the K part.
1: That's, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So it's like K-A-Y-K mm-hmm. and then san. S A H N, S A W N, whatever works for you phonetically, but something like that.
0: I said it like K and then like a sauna.
1: Hmm.
0: And then. Just uh, sawn
1: without uh. Yeah.
0: And then I've seen people um, <laughs> compare it to like that. Uh, the singer Jason Derulo and how he would say his name.
1: You know what? My, my, my wife brought this up and I had no idea that's how he says his name. Yeah. Jason. Jason. Kason. That's a good way to remember it. A little bit
0: easier, but yeah, the whole the whole name gate thing, and then I was right there whenever someone asked him about it, and he goes, "You can call me Kason, you can call me Case, it doesn't really matter. Just don't call me Carson.
1: Just not Carson." Jenny wrote a really good column over this, and here here's the deal: I'm not going to question his decision making ability or the the fact that that would tell me he's he's pretty passive because that's not the way he plays on the floor. But if your name is Kason. And that's the way you prefer it to be said. Just tell people that's how you say it. You're just too nice of a guy. But, like, a clip of you being drafted 10th overall is going to be said over and over. You're always going to have it. Get to show the kids, the grandkids. Adam Silver's up there and he's mispronouncing your name because you never corrected anybody.
0: I was just, yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was like, what did Silver say up there? But, I mean, this is a conversation he said
1: because the pronunciation guide said C-A-Y-S-I-N.
0: Yeah, we need um, Kason and uh, Mark to come together and talk about how they want to make sure everyone gets their names right.
1: I, I'm just I can't believe we're doing this after Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams. This is way worse. This is this is uh, I, I think we're over it, though. Least, Kaysan, yeah, we're there. Welcome.
0: It's going to take some time. I'm definitely going to screw it up a few different times here, but just talking to him, what did you think? I thought he was, um, you know, nice guy in the limited sample size. We got to talk to him and, um, very soft-spoken.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I talked to some of my, uh, friends at Kentucky who had covered him and, uh, they kind of said the same thing. Super good dude, but, uh, he he is not going to be a quote machine or he's not, he's not going to say anything, uh, too controversial, which the Thunder's probably gonna love. So pretty stoic, serious minded individual it was my first impression. And also that's kind of a nervous spot to be in. You're addressing a room full of people, like there's microphones in front of you. Like, um, I'm sure there's nerves that play into that as well. Like he's not going to be uh comfortable necessarily in that setting. I certainly would not be. Yeah.
0: Um we were in a really nice, fancy hotel that I felt like I was uh, underqualified to be in, but we were in there an- asking questions. And then, yeah, I'm not even sure how much interactions they've had with Sam post-draft, pre-draft, and then just like Thunder PR and stuff. So that's got to be a very new experience to be kind of the the show ponies for a day.
1: Yeah, uh, I will say K-son is is definitely used to it because the the beat at Kentucky is even bigger than the Thunder beat. I mean, there are more people covering uh, the Wildcats than covering the Thunder here. It's sort of like uh, OU football. So he's definitely used to the media attention. Um, Keontae less so, but still, I mean, he played at Florida and Kansas state. They care about their basketball. So um, it's not, uh, not like J Dub coming in here from Santa Clara where, you know, There might be one reporter writing about them or talking about them and probably don't have a lot of podcasts dedicated to Santa Clara basketball.
0: Probably not. But last one on Kason here. Did you see um, his interview with uh, Nick Gallo afterwards for their podcast, The Thunder Basketball Universe, and what uh, Kason said?
1: I did. Shout out to Gallo because he got uh, the best quote out of Kason. basically like, After he worked out and everything, told his agents, like, find a way to get me here. So um, I I assume that's the the quote you're talking about.
0: Yes. After all the um, weird things on, like, draft night with that weird question that somebody asked him about. That sounded like he was kind of dismissive of coming to Oklahoma City. But sounds like this is where he wanted to be.
1: Yeah. And, like. Listen, there's there's this local New York reporter who he works for one of the tabloids. And I saw him at the draft last year and he asked the same, clearly he, and he's probably never been here. That's okay. Um, but kind of like an old school New York mindset where he can imagine like living on the plains of Oklahoma. So he asks everyone who's drafted by the Thunder, like, oh, are you ready for this? Do you know what Oklahoma's is like? Um, which Kason grew up in Dallas. So yeah, I assume he does. Um, it, it's like a smaller version of Dallas. So um also when guys say there's nothing to do here, that's something we've heard all the time. I'm not pretending there's uh tons of things to do if you have like I mean, for me it's fine, but if you have like a ton of money, yeah, we don't have the shopping, we don't have some of the restaurants, we don't have a, you know, Palgasol can't go to the opera. Like I I, I understand that. But some guys say that in like a good way in the sense that like, oh, I can just focus on basketball. Like that's like kind of how Josh Giddy talks about it. So um, anyone who thought he was upset, I just think that's kind of how he talks. And he he doesn't, uh, I don't think you're going to like see him like overjoyed. Uh, at a press conference setting i just don't think that's his personality
0: he's very even keel with all his answers just like kind of the same monotone for all of it And it's like are you really excited it's like i am really excited it's like could you maybe like show that it's like
1: jump up and down a little bit i'm, I'm enthused
0: right now this is the happiest <laughs> i've ever been in my life have you seen that that reminds me of that footlocker commercial uh with tim duncan in it have you seen it
1: I, I think I know what you're talking It's like about.
0: an old it's from like maybe five ten years ago and it's Derek Rose and he's calling him he goes wait the uh, week of greatness at Foot Locker's back I got to call Tim and he goes um, he calls me goes Tim Duncan residence How may I help you <laughs> he calls him he's like Tim I got to tell you about this and he goes no way. This is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. I'm literally bouncing over the walls. I just knocked over a plant and he just like picks it up and just sets it to the side and then immediately picks it back up and puts it. And Derek Rose yeah. goes, he He never gets like this.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, that's yeah. what we're going to have for Kason. It's just like.
1: I, I hope he shows more emotion than Tim Duncan. Um, but. Yes, I hope most people do have show more emotion than than Mr. Duncan.
0: I saw more emotion out of Tim Duncan this week whenever they um had him. He went to a dinner with Victor. Yeah, with and those guys. And I saw someone Photoshop all those guys out and put them in a Chuck E. Cheese. They said whenever your are like fun uncles take you out for a weekend or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But um, let's talk about Keontae here. Let's get back on track somewhat. What did you think of him?
2: Yeah, um
1: you know, kind of, you know, more of the same than it say anything uh, super revealing. Um, Sam shared an anecdote of, like, you know, Keontae grew up a fan of the Thunder and, and talked about playing with Westbrook and Duran on 2K, and that kind of, like, shows you where the Thunder is as an organization because it's still very young, but these guys coming up, like, were fans of those teams and, like, you know, they don't really... uh remember the nba without the thunder i mean they know who the supersonics are but they're not playing with the sonics on on 2k so um he sam said that was something they kind of like bonded over and were able to talk about um and just to bring the two guys together the the stuff i asked them and, and wrote about afterward is i just think it's kind of a fun parallel they're playing against each other in the ncaa tournament um and, and now they're kind of sitting on a stage a- alongside each other, two guys with very very different paths. One four years older than the other, um, and uh now they're now they're Thunder rookie teammates here.
0: It did make me laugh when you asked that, and they were talking about the game, and then um, someone asked um Sam about what he was thinking. He was like, "I was also there."
2: Yeah, and
1: it's
0: like, oh, you're just happy. You're just everywhere. Apparently, yeah,
1: in Greensboro, North Carolina, Sam uh Sam was there.
0: Yeah, but I liked um, you know, Kiante. Um, he's built like a tank was my biggest he's takeaway. Big. He's like he could help the OU defensive line tomorrow.
1: Uh I would say he looks every bit of his 23 years.
0: Definitely. And then um he had some stuff he was talking about. Was it him or Kayson who had like um a sibling who went to OSU maybe or something like that?
1: That was Kayson. So his cousin is Terrell Harris, who played uh at OSU which I had no idea um that that was the case uh Terrell Harris also played briefly in the NBA played 42 games from 2011 um to 13 so uh that's really cool uh Terrell's also from Dallas so hoping to catch up with him cuz that would be a, a cool story I probably never would have known they were cousins and unless you know he said something so I'm glad he did um and then his brother Keaton Wallace, uh, has played in the G league the the last two years, um, went to UTSA. So obviously not the, the same caliber of recruit as his younger brother, but, um, kind of cool that, that one guys they're, they're both playing pro ball here.
0: Yeah. And relatively not
1: with the blue, but he's yeah, in the G league
0: relatively close to home too. I mean, the thunder, mm-hmm. They've had a couple of guys from around the state of Oklahoma come in, but mostly like Dallas is about as close as you get for a lot of guys who are drafted in the NBA, at least. Yeah. And then, um, you know, for Keontae, um, I really appreciated just hearing about his journey and different stuff like that and what Sam said about just being resilient and things. Uh, But the big news for him that day was um, hearing that he sounds like he's going to be on a two-way deal.
1: Keontae, that is. Yep, he's going to be on one of the three two-way slots, up from two two-way slots. That's part of the new CBA. So I figured that was the case, given kind of the roster situation, the lack of room on it, um, and you know, second rounders, especially late second rounders like that, often sign two-way contracts. So um, that was kind of the expectation, but the good news for Keontae is there's a path he can follow. Um, can look at guys like Lou Dort, Aaron Wiggins, Eugenio Marui, Lindy Waters. I mean, all these guys started out on two-way contracts and then got standard deals. So I fully expect, um, I I was talking to someone on uh, K-State radio last night and I was like, I fully expect he's going to play with the Thunder as well as with the blue, just because like, I mean, Mark plays these sporadic rotations and they want to get a look at everybody. So he's going to get a shot.
0: Yeah, Mark keeps everybody on their toes on the bench. You might think, I remember there was a story about Reggie Miller in high school. He didn't think he was going to play. So he suited up and then it was a blowout and they told him to go in and he did like his ripaway pants and he wasn't wearing shorts underneath. He had a jock strap on. So Ugh. let that be a lesson to all the Thunder players. Mark will know. And he suit, call suit on. up,
1: fully suit up.
0: Definitely. But you got to catch up with Mark some. It looked like you guys were having a good time. I know you uh, asked him about some uh things where um you know he had is that his second kid that they had during um exit interviews that he could make it for
1: yeah so uh just had a daughter and um she was born the day after they were eliminated so would have created um obviously some schedule conflicts had the thunder gone on and and won that play-in game and, and made it to the playoffs but his wife ashley an assistant gymnastics coach at OU was down in Fort Worth for a meet and um, had her baby down there. And Mark talked about getting in and, you know, around 3 a.m. And I think like getting a call at four or four thirty and then he gets in his car, drives down to Fort Worth. So congratulations to the Dignalt family. Um, and, uh, yeah, what else were we talking with Mark about? Um,
0: he made me laugh when he was talking about the draft day movie with Kevin Costner.
1: you know what i don't think i've ever seen drop it's not good
0: it's it's okay
1: our guy rylan styles was trying to trying to push it
0: at one point this guy um i'll spoil it for you since i don't think you're going to watch it but at one point they're they're talking about this quarterback and the reason they're like why should he fall off the board they're like did you know not a single one of his teammates went to his birthday party and that's like a big (laughs) sticking point they're like what so they ask him and he's like, well, I mean, it was like a private party or something like that. So it, it's all those weird things where it's like they had the number <laughs> one pick and then they trade down and then they trade back up for the number one pick and all this stuff. Where it's like, I'm sure I would pay good money to have Bill Belichick or Sam Presti just watch that and just go, no.
2: Yeah.
1: Analyze this. This. It's like when you get like a experts in whatever craft is being used in the movie. And they're like, how how real is this? And we, we need to, uh, to ask Sam how real that is. Apparently not very real from your brief synopsis there. So, yeah, I was just asking him, what's it like kind of being in the war room? And um, he described it as way more relaxed than you would think, because at that point, all the work is done. They have their board and they can pretty much go by their board. I mean, they're not learning new information at that time um i think the most interesting little tidbit about that trade up with Dallas was um sam said that he and uh, nico harris from the mavericks were talking uh, uh, nico harrison excuse me we're talking for about a week leading up to the draft checking in every day or so um and you know for that 10 pick everyone knew it was on the block um so then, you you don't know whoever trades up with Dallas to get that tenth pick. You don't know if they're going to take Kason Wallace, but you want to make sure they don't. So um, they helped facilitate that trade. For now, Bertons is on the roster. Um, again, I expect he's going to stay on the roster, but that's something they can't talk about until it's uh, made official. Uh, July sixth or seventh, I think is the date. So we'll have a little bit to go there. But there were random, like kind of pieces of news. From uh from Saturday.
0: Take this as like a grain of salt. That is probably not true, but I saw a couple different places that it sounded like Toronto was looking to trade up for Quezon at maybe eleven, and that's why the Thunder moved up to ten. But definitely happy to have him. Uh one of my favorite stories was something that Sam talked about, which was um he was in Miami for the Knicks Heat series and he just stumbled into a random gym, and that's where Kayson was working out. Ended up talking to him. And um, just never introduced himself, although they knew who each other were. So Kason's mom goes, who are you again? And Sam's like, oh, I just I look like this random guy in a suit who just walked up to your son while he's working out and just interrupted him. Didn't mention who I am.
1: Listen, I think that I I think that part of the story is completely true. And I'm not saying. No part of the story is true. Yeah. I just found it like, oh, what a coincidence. You didn't know he was working out in this gym and you just stumbled in there and, and there's yeah. Wallace working out.
0: You're in Miami and you're like, you know what? Let me just <laughs> I heard they have some great local high school gyms here. Just like I will, uh, I will look at like the stadium seating and the banners and stuff. I just think that stuff's cool. It's like, yeah, I, I don't really buy that. that <laughs> Sam is on like this cross country tour of all yeah. these uh, high school gyms it's like oh and this guy who i really like in the draft just happens to be working in miami so just, i, I guess
1: i'm going to the wrong the wrong gyms I, I i don't see draft prospects randomly work out but uh it was it was a go- good story uh uh his mom uh K K-San's mom Kim was uh she was there at the press conference and was laughing quite a bit over that so um yeah, that was funny.
0: And then the last thing on just the rookie intro presser, unless you have something here, is um, I. it stood out to me because Sam has now said this like three or four times about Kaysan, and that is no agenda basketball. Just as mm-hmm. a guy who comes in and just plays to win. I mean, Kaysan even talked to, about it afterwards in the scrum. He's like, yeah, if you're looking for flashy play, don't invite me. Uh, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to play my game and contribute to winning. But just that no agenda basketball stuff, did that stick out to you at all? Because it felt like you know, um, like a home base that he kind of kept coming back to as a point on on.
1: Well, I think it matches his whole demeanor. I, I mean, he, he carries himself in that sort of way. Um, I mean, Jenny, you know, half jokingly wrote that, like, he doesn't even care what you call him. He's just like wants to play basketball and cares about the team. So we haven't seen him play yet, but that certainly seems to be the case. And that's the type of guy uh the Thunder really wants so. Um, just to finish up, kind of what we learned from Saturday. Pretty non-committal on Chet and Summer League, although it seems like he is on track to play. Um, I will be in both Salt Lake and Vegas. I think that some of the main guys. Nothing I've heard, but just a uh, just a feeling that some of the main guys are going to play in Salt Lake, maybe Salt Lake and Vegas. Uh, but in Vegas, maybe one or two games or so. So I, I think we're going to have Chet in Salt Lake part two. Uh, that's the last time we've really, you know, seen him play. So uh, Didn't J-Dub that, say he wants that, to play? Yeah, and I think J-Dub's also going to play in Salt Lake. Maybe in Vegas as well. I mean, last year, Giddy played in both. Uh, I think played in all three or maybe two of the Salt Lake games and mm-hmm. um, two of the two of the Vegas games. So uh, it should be a fun summer league.
0: Hopefully we'll find this out soon, but with Kaysan and the whole deal that can't go through until the 6th, I wonder if he'd even be eligible to play in Salt Lake City.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I need to check on that because that whole thing seems weird to me. Like, why is he eligible to? I mean, he he seems pretty official at this point. He held up a jersey and was introduced, but. Again, yeah, I the technicality, the paperwork of it, uh, I don't really know about that, but it's a good question.
0: Hopefully, we'll figure that out. But um, I want to do a fun exercise with you. You know, you have your Kentucky background with basketball, covering Shea there among some other guys. But Kentucky, as we both know and most NBA fans know, has been the pipeline for a lot of elite guards in the NBA. And I thought it would be a fun exercise to just take case on and look at these different Kentucky guards that have been drafted under um John Calipari since um 2009 so that was the John Wall class and just seeing you know where we think that Kason could realistically you know uh, rank him up, up among these guys and I'll share my screen here cuz I have a tier list here that I'll share later um and we can We're just...
1: getting big on the tier list these days.
0: Yeah, uh, we're I like you know, a, I, this I like it. This is our this is our, uh, <laughs> this is our gimmick. Yeah, this is what we do. But um, Joe, for you to see here, we have five tiers all NBA slash superstar is one, all stars two, three is high level starter, four is role player slash low level starter, and five is into the bench, out of the league. And the guys who I have here are Kason, Shaden Sharp, um, Ty-, uh, Ty Ty Washington, Tyrese Maxey, Emmanuel Quickley, Tyler Hero, SGA, De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker, James Young, Archie Goodwin, Marquise Teague, Brandon Knight, uh, John Wall and Eric Bledsoe. Are you ready? Let's do it. So we have Eric Bledsoe here. Where or, do you want to start out? How do, how do you want to do this? I think the, well, the, the easiest ones are the highest tiers and the lowest tiers, probably.
1: Okay. Let yeah. Let's uh instead of going player by player in the order that you listed them, let's let's pick out the all NBA superstars first.
0: So for me, I would just say that's Booker and Shea. Any, Not um, John Wall. Any quells with that? He made one third team All NBA, and I, I was just going to put him an All Star. I never felt like he was on the same level as um what Shea is now, or Booker as like a first team guy.
1: That's fair. Um, just playing devil's advocate here. I think Nuggets fans would um do some awful things to us for not having uh, jamal murray in that category but he definitely he's not been an all-star are we able to put him in an all in the all-star tier
0: i'm putting him in all-star i don't think he's a superstar but yeah some of his all-star stuff that he hasn't made one is just the west is really stacked and he's been hurt so it's not like one of those things where it's like oh man jamal murray has been so slighted he's so underrated it's just like just just tell me the year that he should have been an all-star
1: yeah, no, I, I like our list right now. I like our list. We've got four four guys here. Um, I think you have to put De'Aaron
0: Fox in that category, too.
2: Correct. And then um...
1: I mean. De'Aaron Fox has made an all NBA team, though.
0: I just put him because it was a third team. I just that was my one separator because I was like, <laughs> it, it kind of feels weird if we have superstar and we have five guys up there.
1: If, if you just took away the all NBA label, that yeah. superstar, all star. I think I would um, still. Yeah, no, I, I think this is good. I think Booker and Shea are a step above Wall, Murray, Fox.
0: Uh, and then I wanted to put Maxi also in the all star tier. i think he has that level of upside but maybe you you disagree
1: i would disagree okay i think Maxie's a, a high level starter, starter. Um, i mean i think he could have that upside but mm. i think we're like
2: we're at least i'm taking guys at their peak like yeah w-
1: what are they like w- what's the best they've been um yeah max you know, he's a
0: career 15 3 and 3 guy in 48 41 86 in three seasons
1: yeah because like, who am I to say that, you know, De'Aaron Fox is, is older than SGA, but maybe he maybe d- he does have another leap in him and have superstar potential. So um
0: one guy I had a have hard time here? with was Shaden Sharp because I think he has all star level upside, but at the same time we've seen um basically like camcorder footage of him and then some NBA games this year.
1: This might be the wrong spot. I would put Sharp as a high level. Star. Well, gosh, I'm going against what I just said because we haven't seen it. But how are we supposed to judge those rookies? The Um, ones who are on
0: like a smaller sample size. It's really just up to you. I would say high level starter. What would you say, though? I had him an all star just because I'm really high on him. But, um, you know, the the whole all star thing, there are a lot of guys who are going to make all star teams. I like him more than Jalen Green. Uh, That was a conversation I had with our. From rylan styles as well about having those two, i also like
1: him more than Jalen green
0: uh, we'll just put him at high level starter just to be uh nice other guys i think this is going to be a most jam uh, category i think you'd would you put tyler hero as a um, role player slash so th- i also had mm. high level role player in this one too the one that sharp and max are in but role player to low level starter where would you have tyler hero because the heat went on a run without him but he was a six man of the year a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, let's put hero in that. Uh, and I high think level quickly would also. One. I
1: would say high level starter.
2: So I had high level starter, a high level role player
0: is what it should be. He's a high level role player. Okay, we'll just put him in here then. And I also I had mean quickly Quik- in there.
1: Oh, okay, I would agree quickly just one. No, he didn't win. He got second. Mm-hmm. Didn't he get second for sixth man this year?
0: Um, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon won this year. No, yeah. um, here it, it's it gets interesting. Malik Monk, he's a guy who wouldn't be very high on this list, other than the last two years where he really recovered with the Lakers I, and the Kings. I
1: think Malik Monk is a role player. Okay, yeah, slash low that. level starter. Mm-hmm.
0: Eric Bledsoe, Mister, I don't want to be here anymore.
1: Okay, listen. I'm I'm glad you said Eric Bledsoe's name first on this list. Thunder fans are going to come after me, mm-hmm. but maybe I maybe I'm I'm going to spoil what we're supposed to talk about later.
0: Well, we can go through it. We can leave Bledsoe and Case on for later
2: if you want. No, let's talk about Bledsoe. So okay. Bledsoe to me is the guy that
1: man that would be a solid outcome i think for Kayson wallace like i i know eric bledsoe's not exciting but just hear me out two-time all-defensive team player um made 568 starts in the nba he had a short career relative i mean he had a long career but um hasn't played since uh season before last when he uh Uh, was just 32, so out of the NBA, you know, fairly soon for a guy of his caliber, but averaged 13.7 points per game, 4.7 assists, 3.9 rebounds, and almost two stocks, steel-slash-blocks per game. Uh, When he was at his best, he was an elite defender. Um, He once or twice scored more than 20 points in a season. Now, those were on really terrible Phoenix teams, so someone had to score. a decent but not terrible three-point shooter, 34%. I think if that's something, if you're doing this comparison, you would want Kayson to be a better three-point shooter. But I was looking at Eric Bledsoe, whose uh, nickname, according to basketball reference, is Mini LeBron. He was the 18th pick in the 2010 draft of the Oklahoma City Thunder, technically. Um, and listen, maybe that's, I don't want, it's not the floor. That's certainly not the floor. I think that is like maybe
2: a decent to, I think that's a decent outcome for Kaysan Wallace. I'd agree with that. I mean,
0: like you mentioned, Eric Bledsoe, whenever you think about it, you're like, oh, I don't want to be here. The whole meme, um, whenever it was called Drew Bledsoe by Terry Rozier, but he was a really solid and helpful player on a lot of, teams that can uh, that did some winning i mean the suns that was bad but he played on those clippers teams and was pretty good for them and in the bucks of course they had to move him to get over the hump but he was still playing in some high level playoff games he wasn't a guy who you want to take a ton of shots but i think that's probably where you hope case is different is that he's got more of a reality check than eric Bledsoe, who thought he had the green light to shoot a bunch of shots and i think that case coming in at least well it's actually it's pretty similar with him coming in um blood to the clippers where they already had some established guys and chris paul blake griffin and deandre jordan well,
1: yeah and i brought him up because he's kind of that combo guard like we we saw him play off the ball we also saw him you, you know initiate the offense i i think he could um sort of be a guy off the bench i'm more so bringing it up for uh, defense. I mean, so far he's, uh, I almost called him Drew. Eric Bledsoe has made two more all defensive teams than Lou Dort. I'm not saying he's a better defender than Lou Dort, um, but that was certainly the reputation uh, on those Clippers teams. He played some really big roles. You would want him to be more in touch with reality. Uh, you would want Kaysan to be more in touch with reality offensively than Bledsoe. But if that's what he is defensively and and, you know, he can he can put up those types of uh point and, and assist totals, maybe on better three point p- percentage. I think it's I mean, Bledsoe is a career forty-five percent shooter overall. Uh and again, a guy that that played for you know, almost started six hundred games in, in the NBA. So I I'm I'm trying to oversell this uh Eric Bledsoe cop, but when I was looking through your list of Kentucky guards in the lottery that one like really made me stop because I'm like oh like this could be really similar.
0: Yeah, and I think that Kaysan's just playing in a much better spaced out league and he's going to be playing next to guys who can shoot a little bit better than um early Giannis and um Larry Sanders and Jabari Parker and some of the guys who was playing with him in Milwaukee or the the three guard lineup of Isaiah Thomas, Goran Dragic and him. But um the the physicals are relatively similar. Eric Bledsoe is a little bit shorter, at 6-1. He's a six, seven and a half wingspan.
1: A little bit beefier, uh, Eric Bledsoe is, but maybe that was a late career
0: thing. Yeah. um, At the time of the draft, so I looked up his draft measurements. He was at 192. That's actually um, lighter than Kaysan is right now at 195. But Kaysan has like an inch and a half on him, just um, height wise. And he has him by a couple inches on wingspan for sure. Yeah, he's got him by at least two and a half. So similar builds Kayson's definitely bigger. I don't know if he's as strong as blood. like we mentioned, that was his draft day. And by the time he was like in year five, six, he was built like a starting running back in the NFL. Uh,
1: I, I'm, I'm pulling up their college stats just to, just to compare uh, computers moving a little slowly though. Okay. Here we, here we are. Uh, both were on the sec all freshman team. Uh Eric Bledsoe 2009 2010. Eleven point three points, three point one rebounds, two point nine assists, one point four steals. Case on Wallace, eleven point seven points. Bledsoe was at eleven point three. Um four point three assists, three point seven rebounds, two steals. So um let's see here. Wallace shot overall, 35% from three-point range, Bledsoe shot 46% overall, and 38% from Hmm. three-point range.
0: Yeah, pretty similar. I mean, the difference with Bledsoe is that he um, was like the backup for most of those teams, right? Because he was playing behind John Wall, and they had DeMarcus Cousins and um, Patrick Patterson. He actually
1: started... Thirty-five of okay. thirty-seven games.
0: Uh, I was wrong there, but yeah, he. Um, at least it's similar that they played off of, like, because I know, um, Kason later on took a lot of the ball handling duties over, but like initially was playing more off the ball, right?
1: Yeah, our uh, our our good friend Daniel Orton was on this Kentucky team, so that was a Kentucky team that went thirty-five and three. John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, Patrick Patterson. Darius Miller, who is uh DeAndre Liggins, both of which were with the Thunder uh, for very little time, and uh Josh Harrelson for all that remember him.
0: So where do we have Eric Bledsoe? would that be role
2: player low-level starter? Um, I think that is
1: I think that's correct.
2: Okay. Um James Young. Do you have any do you have any James Young uh thoughts here?
1: Well, he almost went to OSU. He did, right? Um he's james young is end of the bench slash out of the league i would say yeah two
0: points uh, per game career one rebound 0.3 assists per game um 37 28 65 shooting in four seasons never averaged more than 10 minutes per game on uh the celtics or the 76ers so unfortunate out, out. yeah definitely
1: uh can i can i say this guy's name archie goodwin archie End of the goodwin. bench
0: slash out of the league not an archie goodwin guy Another guy no, who was technically I mean, drafted by the Archie. Thunder,
1: right? I think that's right, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, 6
0: points per game, 2 rebounds, 1 assist per game, 43 24 70 in 4 seasons. Um Tai Washington. He's another guy cuz he's on the Rockets so I have no idea if he's good or not and he's only played one season.
1: He, yeah, we can't. I mean, he is he is still in the league, so we uh we we can't go there. He might have a bright future, but I think he's in that yeah. second to last tier. <laughs> Not Jeff Teague, but Marquise Teague.
2: Marquise Teague.
0: He'd have to be out of the
1: league. He'd have to
0: be. <laughs> I I I will stop it there. He played three seasons in the NBA for three teams, two points per game, one rebound, one and a half assists, thirty-four twenty-two sixty-six. And it's a weird thing because he played two years. And then just didn't play for like three and then came back, played one more and then
1: retired. Yeah, that is strange.
0: Here's one that I thought was interesting. Brandon Knight.
1: Brandon Knight's a tough one. So I've got his basketball reference page um, pulled up. Here are his career averages. 14 points per game. uh, 41% shooting. 35% three-point shooting. 81% free throw shooting. 3.9 3.9 assists, 3.1 rebounds, um, a little north of uh, one steel-slash-block per game. Brandon Knight was always one of those guys that you would watch him and he would like look better than he actually is. Um, certainly passed the eye test. I mean, a lot of, sp- a lot of speed. Um, you know, playing... Playing with Detroit. Were him and Brandon Jennings teammates I'll ever? look that
0: up for you. you uh,
1: I, I associate those two guys together uh, in, in my head for some reason. But I would say that Brandon Knight is. He was not a high level starter. Was he a high level? I would say role player
2: slash low level starter. It looks like they got traded for each other.
1: Maybe that's why I associate them. Actually, okay, so who had the better career, Brandon Knight or Eric Bledsoe? That's a great question because the thing is with Brandon Knight, he's remembered
0: for getting dunked on by DeAndre Jordan, getting crossed over by Kyrie in the rookie game. And um, Do you remember whenever he dove into the, the bench and then the entire water um, thing fell on him? It was like they had yeah. the water jug and they had all the cups ready filled with water and fell on him. But yeah, for Brandon Knight, it, you mentioned... Listen,
1: the, just as a career, I'm yeah. not talking about their highs. The The answer to the question that I just asked is undoubtedly yeah. uh, Bledsoe because he, he started 568 games. I know this isn't the best metric, but Knight started 349. Bledsoe played a lot more. Um, remember Knight went like overseas for a year and then came back, so... Bledsoe is just a much more steady and, I think, valuable player, especially in that, uh, you know, when he had more of a a role as a defensive stopper than, than Brandon Knight had, just kind of as a scorer slash, you know, maybe a secondary creator.
0: Well, the thing that I found out looking it up is that his career just kind of crumbled after he had an ACL injury because... In um his like first six seasons of NBA basketball, he averaged 15 points per game, four assists, three rebounds, 41, 36, 81, and 31 minutes per game. Post-ACL, he only played in 69 games in three seasons, and his averages went down to seven points per game, one assist, and two rebounds. So before the ACL, I would say he was probably a role player
2: to a low-level starter. Yeah,
1: I'll go with that.
2: But yeah, he averaged just like Bledsoe,
0: not on a great team, but he averaged like 17 for a couple different seasons. But that brings us back to the the man of the hour, Caseon Wallace. Where do you think he would rank among these guys? So, just for everybody who's uh, trying to keep track, All Star slash Superstar, we have Shea and Booker. All Star is John Wall, Jamal Murray, and De'Aaron Fox. High level starter is Tyrese Maxey. Shaden Sharp, Tyler Hero, and Emmanuel Quickly. Role player slash low level starter is Eric Bledsoe, Malik Monk, and Brandon Knight. Into the bench slash out league is James Young, Archie Goodwin, um, Ty Ty Washington, and Marquise Teague.
1: I never thought I'd become an Eric Bledsoe truther.
0: I didn't think I'd be that way about Brandon Knight, but here we are today. This is this is what this podcast yeah. brings out of both of us.
1: Like, like, I could almost make the case for Eric Bledsoe. Like, all the guys we have on high-level starters, mm-hmm. um, the, the the pictures are very small. Who's the first guy here?
0: Uh, Tyrese Maxey. <laughs>
1: All right. So we have Maxey, Sharp, Hero, and Quickly. Um, sorry, everyone. I know who Tyrese oh, Maxey is, but um, I'm looking at a, a very tiny picture of him. Um, sorry. I'm trying to zoom it in like, for you. There are chances that... You know, all of those guys are a are, are recent memory. Like, is Emmanuel quickly actually going to have the longevity and, and stability of of a career that Bledsoe has? Is Sharp even going to to really make it as an impactful role a, a, a player in the NBA? Um Maxie for sure I would put ahead. Hero, it's interesting. Uh his stock is really low after Miami's run without him. So I could make the case for putting Bledsoe high level starter. I would say
2: for Kason Wallace,
1: I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be optimistic. And I, I'll put him in the high level starter group.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's appropriate. I think that just if we're saying, because we're going to do highest outcome, lowest outcome, average, let's do average first. I'd say that it's relatively. Um, I don't know. Um, safe to say that he would be in between this mix of guys like Hero, Quickly, Bloodso, Monk, and Brandon Knight. I don't think that's like a crazy thought to have.
1: Also, if he's in that mix, if he if you even combine high level starter, role player slash low level starter, those are all players who can help you in games. Now, some are better than others, may you know Have to look at the exact, you know, valuation of the number ten pick and exactly, you know, you know what's the average outcome for that pick. But if you can, if if Wallace becomes a role player, a top eight rotation player on what ends up being a really good Thunder team, then I think it's a good pick.
0: Absolutely. As far as upside, I don't see like I've heard the Drew Holiday comps. I need to see it at the NBA level first, but. I think that high level starter is um, probably the ceiling for him, especially if you're going to be on the Thunder with all the other guys who are going to get some all star love before you.
1: Drew Holiday's interesting. Let's pretend for one second that he went to Kentucky. Where would would you put him? I'd
0: put him in all star.
1: Yeah, I probably would too. He's just so different than those other guys.
0: I thought it was interesting of all these guards. The only ones to make an NBA finals were Booker and Jamal Murray. None of the other players have made one. Oh, uh, Tyler Hero has made, two. Sorry. OK, well, that uh, just destroys that point right there. Never mind. But yeah, I um drew holiday all star level, but he's just such a unique player and defender that I think it's just hard to compare anyone to him. I think that you can kind of see it with Kason and different. Things I also wonder if it's just one of those things where you just see the dreads and he's a defender and you're like, that's Drew Holiday. It's kind of like how we all see. It's like, oh, he's um, he's left-handed. It's like, oh, that's James Harden. Just the very uh lazy comps. But yeah, I think for Caseon, maybe it's a little bit optimistic. Maybe it's safe. I think high level starters where I would have him at. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the the right spot to put him. Uh, I think it would be unreasonable to project your number 10 pick to be an all-star, but he certainly has that capability. Um, I doubt very much that he's going to be on either end of all NBA superstar or into the bench out of the league. Um, I think those are the two most unlikely scenarios Um, just because like his floor We've seen some of these project guys with the thunder where like Poku, you, you could have convinced me all NBA superstar or into the bench out of the league. Like he's either going to be yeah. awesome or he's gonna stink. And it's still to be determined and, in actuality it's, it's, you know, somewhere in between. Um, but, like, with a guy like Wallace, same thing with Jang. Like, he, he's got that, he's got a ton of variance in between what player he can be. Wallace, I feel like, is is pretty safe by Thunder standards. I, I mean, I don't really see a scenario in which, even if, like, even if his offense never really takes a, a leap. Like, if he's this level of defender, and he's got a competent offensive game, he, he is not. I mean, Andre Robertson was a great defensive player. Uh Terrence Ferguson had his moments defensively. Robertson a much better player than Ferguson, but Wallace is way more competent than those guys offensively. Um, so it's hard to envision a scenario outside of like a serious injury or something that you could just never predict that, that he's going to be out of the league in three years.
0: Yeah, even if he's like hits his floor, I'd still say Like, why wouldn't he be as good of a player as Davion Mitchell? Yeah. And he's he's bigger than him. And I think he has more offensive tools and he's a lot younger. So I I think that's something where it's just like at the minimum, you would think he's a guy better than that. And it's not a comp that I necessarily like
2: or one that Thunder fans are going to like. But can he be. um, Morally correct, Patrick Beverly.
1: Yeah, I mean Beverly's just so interesting <laughs> because like his personality is bigger than his game. Um but yeah, I, I think he could I think he could be like that sort of type. I, I don't know if he's going to be the same instigator, and that's part of what makes Pat Beverly great. Um
2: But Andrew Schlecht, um, our friend, he said yesterday, um, Alex Caruso. Yeah, that would be
1: That's a good comp because Caruso is an all-defense level guy, and you know can do some stuff offensively. So I think that's a I think that's a safe comp. I think that's that's kind of on like the Bledsoe track. Mm -hmm. I feel like I um, again I think our last memories of Bledsoe are are clouding things a little bit because Caruso seems like uh, a more winning player. Right now. But yeah, that you know, if he's if he's Alex Caruso, no one's gonna be like, oh man, this guy was the steal of the draft. But everyone would say, Hey, they didn't get a star here, but they got a really solid player.
0: Yeah, I think that Kason's gonna be a guy who plays for a very long time. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's gonna be all-star all NBA level, but I think he's gonna be someone who carves out a role for himself and plays on a lot of um winning basketball teams i I just see that sort of basketball dna for him i mean how similar is he to like even bruce brown physically i think bruce brown's a few inches bigger but just i don't know it feels like we're seeing a lot of these like bulldog defenders coming in with some level of ball handling but the shot is still questionable and they're succeeding
1: yeah i mean what about marcus smart as
0: a comp? I I like that one too. Um, But yeah, I think that I do just corrected to Bruce Bowen for me. That is not who I I wanted here, but yeah, as long as we're not saying Dylan Brooks, I'm pretty happy, but Marcus smart. Yeah. A guy who can run your second unit. You don't want as your primary ball handler, but I do like that about case Yeah. He's two inches shorter than um, Bruce Brown. So Similar wingspan, yeah, a lot shorter.
1: But um also, how about all these Kentucky guys? We 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 have uh, I, I'm sounding French, we we uh We have seventeen guys and thirteen of the seventeen at least had solid careers. Mm-hmm. You know? Some then, became stars.
0: Yeah, and some of these guys we still don't even know yet. So if he can yeah. come out and you just say Like most colleges, you'd say, well, he's probably of this last um, decade and a half. He's one of the 10 best guys to come from there. You'd be like, well, that's that's not good if it was like from Texas or something like that. But yeah, he's one of the if you're one of the 10 best guards just from Kentucky over the last 15
1: years, that's that's a pretty big deal. Also, there are guards that have come out of Kentucky that aren't on this list because they weren't lottery guys. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's many of them, but just a couple that. Come to come to mind like the, the Harrison brothers who are yep. twins, who are, you know, obviously a bigger deal in college than they ever were in the NBA. Tyler Euless played a little bit um with the Suns. Uh, no one will remember this name, but he was there when I was there. Uh I, Isaiah Briscoe uh, was, was a guard who played a little bit for the Magic. So there's just been a lot of guys. Kentucky, this was in the draft notes, has had a lottery pick in, like, each of the last 14 seasons, I I think. Um,
0: Yeah, other than in, um, I had it here. It was 2021, they didn't have one. But, yeah, uh, just, well, they might have had a lottery pick, but I just did first-round guards. They might have had a lottery pick in 2021. But, yeah, this is super interesting just looking at these guys. Last question before we get out of here. Where would Quad A Green rank on this?
1: Quad A! I guess Quade would not rank on this he'd list be here. because <laughs> he'd be, yes. Uh, the Michael's uh, cursor is b- below the final tier. That is because the final tier is end of the bench, less out of the league. Quade has not ever been on the bench or in the league, so he cannot be on the end of the bench or out of the league. But he has made the G League, and that counts for something. And for a brief moment in time, he was supposedly better than Shea Gilders-Alexander, who we have in this very top tier. If I was A Green, I would take quantity. all
0: the credit for Shea's development, just saying I'm the guy who pushed him. If they started him over me, none of this happens.
1: Man, I can't believe I didn't write the A Green story while A was in Oklahoma City.
0: Well, what else are you uh, writing about right now as we get out of here? What else do you have to plug?
1: Well, I mean, nothing good now that I'm not writing that. Um <laughs> Quade, green, is playing in Portugal. Um, anyway, what am I writing? Uh, I'm going to have a breakdown of the summer league roster when that gets revealed uh, later this week slash this weekend. Um, hopefully, we'll have something on David Akinyoye, who is a Thunder assistant and uh, will be a summer league coach. So, Cam Woods, who's the G League coach and coached summer league last year, sounds like he's going to coach one of the leagues and – uh DA is going to coach the other so I'll have something on him um and just kind of leftover stuff we didn't really get into um from those intro press conferences so nothing nothing huge but uh you know just a, a little more news that's trickled out
0: I'd like to give us a round of applause for not getting uh, Kason's name wrong one time after we went through it
1: Kason it was it's a, easy. it was a
0: concerted effort but we, we got through it. We didn't have any slip-ups, any bogeys, any turnovers. I think that's that's a win on the board for me today and for you.
1: Yeah, beginner's luck. I'm sure I'm going to mess this thing up a number of times.
0: Well, yeah, at least it's not a third Jalen Williams, which can wait until next year or something like that. Or
1: Back at Auburn goes Jalen Williams of Auburn.
0: But anyways, thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate us five stars on Apple, Spotify, wherever we get your podcast, at Thunderbud on Twitter, and we'll be back again for more Thunder Talk on Friday.